right. Good evening to everybody. You're watching Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is about ham radio, shortwave, electronics, whatever we want to talk about, we'll work that into the show. Hey, if you're listening out there on International Shortwave Station, WBCQ, on 7490, we're glad you're with us. I know you can't see us. You're just listening to us. So let me just uh, let you know that uh, on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, you can tune in and watch the show. It's a video show. And you can also check it out on YouTube channel at any time during the week. Uh, just search for W5KUB, and you'll find us there. Send us an email. We'd like to know where in the world you are and how you're hearing the station. Again, we're a relatively low-power shortwave station, only 50,000 watts up in uh, Monticello, Maine, right up at the uh, border between Maine and Canada. But uh, we do cover a few countries, and uh, we'd, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, let's see. Uh, announcements. Let's get our announcements out of the way first. First, I need everybody here to hit that subscribe button. I'm making it easy for you. I'm putting a little arrow right there, kind of pointing to, there should be a subscribe button we added in here this year. You know, the show's been on for about seven years, and we never had a subscribe button there, and we've kind of missed out. So that does help us a lot. Uh, it helps YouTube to advertise our shows, so we really appreciate you doing that. Hit the, uh, uh, hit the notify bell, too. Uh, sometimes we come on during the week with some special webcast, and uh, that would notify you if we come on want to invite you to join our Facebook group. Uh, we have, I think now, 13,000 hams in our Facebook group. It basically follows the show, um, but then again, it's just it's just a ham radio group. They talk about anything and everything in your ham radio related, electronics and so forth. So uh, please join our ham radio group and uh, just, just key in in a search for W5KUB. W5KUB, and uh, you will uh, find us on uh, Facebook. We'll approve you. If you want to go the long way, you can type in Amateur Radio Roundtable, and you'll get to the same place. So uh, uh, please uh, please join us here. There are some questions in the chat room. Hey, we got several people out tonight, so uh, uh, we're going to just kind of answer some questions tonight. i got uh, some updates to give you. And... Um, we got Glenn with us tonight. Um, so we're going to have a pretty relaxed show tonight. We'll probably open the phone lines up real early. And uh, we're going to probably uh, be talking to a lot of you guys out there. I was reading in the chat room. Uh, there's several people have been asking questions. And I'll try to answer some of your questions tonight uh, here, here on, the, uh, on the show. One particular, uh, you know, we got new people. They don't understand, they don't understand what the ants and the sugar cubes are. So if you hadn't been following the group, you may not know what the ants and the sugar cubes are, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty important to know what that is. Hey, Glenn, how you doing, Glenn? Come on in here and talk to us down in Mississippi, man. You doing okay down there? And let me ask you one question, Glenn. Is it hot down there? Oh, my gosh, yes. It's, you know, I, I was sitting there in work. And of course, that's north of you there in Miss, uh, Memphis. And I sat there and watched the thermometer tick up and tick up and tick up, and it touched on 100, and fortunately it started going back down. But 
when I got in my car to drive home, it was 102 degrees inside the car. And, I mean, everything was just too hot to touch. <clears throat> and uh, it's been that same way here. My air conditioner can't keep up. It's just hot, hot, hot. Well, and I was I was running pretty pretty long hours too here. I know. Yeah. Kathy got in the car the other day. She's yesterday. I think she said it. It was 110 when she got in the car. So yeah, it didn't take much to heat it up, man. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is a little bit early. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's been times <clears throat> I go to Huntsville or Field Day on this weekend, and it's it's either storming with tornado warnings and all that, or it's a hundred and something degrees. So seems like this weekend is always that first super hot weekend and then it cools down a little bit i'm hoping yeah well i hope it cools down too you know this weekend it's field day and uh, i can remember the last three or four field days that i've gone to either visiting you down in mississippi or visiting the memphis group here man it was hot out there i mean yeah. hot yeah, i don't know how to say hot any hotter it was hot out there I'm afraid yep. this weekend is going to be the same thing, man. You're lucky, well, though. You're not going to be a field day. You're not going to be there, man. You get to be in an air-conditioned place. Nope. I'm going to be in an air-conditioned building. Me and the demons are going to be going to Huntsville to a cat show this weekend. Man. And so we'll, we'll be nice and indoors and air-conditioned and just calm and relaxed, and y'all can have that heat. All right. So now, are there any, like... Uh, what do you get when you go to these shows? Do you get a, do you get ribbons? Do you get trophies? Can you? It, de it depends. Um, predominantly, you get ribbons, but every now and then, the, there's a club will <clears throat> will splurge and and give trophies and plaques away and things like that. But that's cool. Predominantly, it's just ribbons and bragging rights. Awesome. Well, that's, that's, that's cool. All right. Well, we wish you uh, good luck down here with cats, and uh, hope uh, hope you uh, do well. Uh, in the competition down here and while you're down there case case out the place man you know we'll be going down here soon for uh oh, yeah <laughs> for the huntsville ham fest we'll be going down there well, soon well the huntsville club actually has their field day maybe about a mile away from the hotel i'll be staying at so i'm probably going to sneak out you know to there yeah. that <clears throat> night <clears throat> well you know, leave, I, leave these guys in the hotel room well, you know, Hustle's coming up, I think, August, somewhere around August the 20th. August or, 20th. Yeah, somewhere yes. around there. And, uh, boy, it's going to be here before I know it. I have got to, <laughs> and it's a lot of work, but I've got to start getting all the prizes together and getting the website built up and get all that arranged. So we, when we go there, it's going to be a great experience for everybody that's watching, and we're going to give away a lot of prizes this year. Uh, again, down there. And uh, we really love uh, Huntsville. It's one of the best best uh ham fest that i know of and uh man we just we go down here a day early and we stay a day late not in any hurry to get back uh the air conditioner works really well down there and oh yes i love that yeah, indoor yeah, air man. conditioner yeah oh man but uh, but you know it seems like you know almost yesterday we went to huntsville as the first show back from COVID. It, it's hard to believe it's been a year that just flew by oh and, yeah uh, yeah you know, while you're getting ready for the, the webcast and everything, um, I'm putting together an all-new Arduino forum for over there. And this one's going to be like nothing I've done before. So I'm like you. I'm scrambling to get this one put together in time for the, the ham fest. 
Well, man, we're all busy, aren't we? Wow. Yeah, man, yeah. it's crazy. Mm -mm -mm. Summer's supposed to be a relaxing time, you know, swim in the pool and lay out in the sun. Well, I don't know, man. I had a pool at my other house. I don't think I ever want another pool. It's just too much work. Well, it came with the house, and it's too expensive for me to move, so I got a pool. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Hey, uh, welcome. Welcome to uh, Tim, W-B-8-H-R-O. And he's he's on uh, he's on an update on the ants' flight, and someone else has already asked uh, tonight about the ants and uh, ants and the sugar. They don't understand what that means. So let me just jump right into that, and uh, I'll I'll, I'll uh, I'm just going to give you guys an update of what's going on right now uh, with uh, with our pico ballooning. Uh, you know, one of our uh, shows projects, one of our shows projects about starting about two and a half three years ago was to, to send a Pico balloon around the world. And that's not an easy thing to do, or back then it was not an easy thing to do. And we figured that uh, it would take about 10 flights before we had one successful flight around the world. We made it around the world on our ninth attempt, the ninth attempt to go around. So um, since then, we've been around the world uh, a number of times, most flights about two times uh, around each time and uh, maybe three and a half. Uh, we, the, uh, the Picos we launched at Dayton, if you guys saw the weather, it was really, really bad up here. We lost all three of those eventually. Uh, one of them did make it all the way to uh, Japan, but we lost it. So let me give you a little uh, update on what we've been trying to do and and I, I i don't have any particular orders let me let me address the ants and the sugar cubes so a lot of people have been following the our, our balloon launches and they have a thousand questions and it's really hard to answer everybody's questions so uh somebody asked one time how do you steer the balloon well I guess we just didn't want to give the correct answer out that, hey, the balloon's up in the air. We're, we don't steer it. So so we came up with a scenario where we, we had specially trained ants, that the ants had been in training for one year, and the ants were actually piloting the balloons for us. And... Um, because you know our payloads are so low, our our uh, our tracker only weighs one point six grams. So, you know you can't put a bunch of heavy stuff on there. So I figured an ant's pretty light, right? So anyway, uh, and they asked, do we have plenty of supplies up there? Well, I think ants like sugar and sweet sugar cubes, so we usually uh, tell them we have sugar cubes. So the ant story became so popular, and if you if you scroll down through our Facebook page, you'll see the stories. The ants became so popular uh, on all the different flights, and we had so many people following following them that we give out certificates. The ants were Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Now, a lot of you young people may not know who Huey, Dewey, and Louie is, but uh, for guys that uh, are, are older like me, you'll know who Huey, Dewey, and Louie is. But uh, we would give out certificates, and uh, when it crossed the equator, uh, uh, you know, when they would cross the international time zone, there's all type of awards that are given. 
and people were following the balloons on Whisper and trying to track them. And when they would track it, we would issue them a really nice certificate on that flight with Huey, Dewey, and Louie on them. And uh, uh, so that's what, that's what the ants are. Huey, Dewey, and Louie are the ants that fly on our flights. They've been rescued. You know, they've crashed many times. And we have pictures. Uh, again, if, you, if you've just joined our Facebook group, scroll way down and look at the pictures. We have pictures taken from the rescue planes uh, where the plane flew by the life rafts. And we have pictures of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Uh, as they're being rescued out of the Norwegian Sea. Or we have pictures where uh, they went down in a desert, the western desert of China, and um, they were rescued by uh, Tibetan monks. We have, we have the pictures to show you in the news clippings. Uh, so there's a lot of pictures and a lot of information uh, about that. So anyway, uh, right now, let me just get you updated. Uh, up to date on what we're what we have been doing uh i think three more crashes and they'll be even with evil knievel they may be they may be but uh you know they have they've managed some pretty difficult crashes and rescues but they've always made oh, yeah. it, always made it back now one of the things uh, pico balloons guys pico balloons are made to float these aren't weather balloons you might say what's so great about flying at 40 or 50,000 feet you know other balloons go higher well that's a different type balloon those are latex they stretch they keep stretching they keep going up and then they pop and that's because the latex stretches and it becomes so thin it pops and uh, uh, it's just going to keep going until until it pops and we did one of those last year and we have a video on that on our high altitude balloon where we sent one up 107,000 feet and actually went to Mississippi and recovered it when it came down. But back to our Pico balloons. Our Pico balloons are balloons that are designed to float at a certain altitude and not pop. And there's a lot that goes into making it not pop. You can't just take a regular balloon and say, you know, I'm just going to put a little bit in there, a little bit of hydrogen or helium, and it won't pop because it will pop because... I don't care if you put just a little bit in there. It's going to just keep expanding, and the balloon's going to keep expanding and so forth. So we used special balloons, and there weren't many balloons that we could use. There was an expensive one that we flew a bunch of called SBS, SBS balloon. And that balloon was about 170 bucks each. And, uh, but that balloon is the only balloon that would fly high. That's the only balloon that would fly about 45, 46,000 feet. All the other balloons, the cheaper little Chinese balloons, would fly much lower, maybe about 32,000, 27,000, 30, 32,000 feet. And um, so, and, and because of that, uh, we have many storms, especially in the summertime. There's many storms where the cloud tops reach forty and fifty thousand feet. And if these balloons go into a storm or a cloud, they come down, they crash. So the cheap ones, the little cheap balloons that will only fly twenty-seven to say thirty-two thousand feet. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, you might make it around the world once with them. Usually, you didn't. But it was a it was a neat ride. The SBS balloon usually, after nine attempts, we did make it around the world. 
But we found, and so many people found, there was a lot of SPS failures all at super pressure. Super pressure is when the balloon goes up and, it, and the gas expands and it gets so full it can't expand anymore. Now, when that happens, when that happens, when the gas can't expand anymore, that establishes the altitude that that balloon will float. It won't go any higher. The balloon stops stretching. It holds everything back in. And that, that's the altitude it will float. And I'll show you in a little while uh, how we calculate that and determine where a balloon is going to float uh, based on certain parameters. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go into that in a little while. So we have been trying to build and make our own balloon that would break the 45,000 uh, foot mark. If you followed and watched some of our videos, we have built uh, a lot of balloons and studied a lot of balloons, and, and uh, it's just almost impossible. Uh, I'm working with some balloon experts out in uh, Oregon that uh, have been working with me, and we've been uh, talking just regularly. And um, the type balloons they fly are balloons that hold like 100 million cubic feet of gas, and they can lift like tens of thousands of pounds. So, you know, my little balloon's a little different than that. I use a few grams of gas, and uh, my payload is about uh, eight grams total, and they're lifting thousands of pounds over here with, you know, millions of cubic feet of gas. But anyway, they're experts in that field, and we've been working with each other to try to get this, get this uh, ceiling broken at 45,000 foot. Now, a lot of the cheaper balloons, and you have seen pictures on our site, uh, these party balloons that we can fly, these Mylar balloons, they're more of a, they're not round. They're not like a sphere. When they blow up, they're more like a pancake, if you know what I mean. You know, they're round, but they're kind of flat. That's the way they blow up. Well, altitude is based on how much volume we've got. And those balloons just didn't have enough volume. So recently, we were able to, after two years of searching, we finally found what is called some four-gore balloons. These balloons actually have, have four sections, four gores. And when it blows up, they blow up almost completely round like a sphere. And when it blows up completely round, that's probably three times, three times the volume of one of those that will uh, that that blows up more like a pancake. So now with the four gore balloons, we have found one that has some capacity. Now it's a very still a very small balloon. It's a very small balloon, only a 32 inch balloon, uh, but um, the volume in it is about a little over three tenths of a cubic meter, and. Uh, we have found, and we're flying one right now, W5KUB-112 is flying at about 51,000 feet. Now, now we're in a stratosphere. People have not been flying in a stratosphere. They've been flying lower than that. They've been flying down where the uh, jet stream is, uh, down in the 30,000s and the low 40s. We're flying, this blue now is flying at 52,000, and it has since launched. So we're not in a jet stream. We're above the jet stream. And because of that, the wind up there is uh, very slow. The wind is like uh, four miles an hour, maybe 10 miles an hour. And it's not going uh, west to east like we would normally go around the world. Uh, this particular balloon 
uh, went um, it went south and um, it went south and it's making a circle and then west and it's coming back. Let me uh, let me pull it up here on the uh, on the thing and I'll show you what I'm talking about here. Let's see if we can see this. If I can line it up here. And now we've got a question in the chat room about what data can a Pico balloon give us beside the tracking? Um, can they double as repeaters by a chip as payload or a thin wire as an antenna? Well, yeah. we actually run a 20-meter dipole antenna on these for the Whisper. Yeah. And uh, But uh, also, though, uh, they could double as repeaters, but we do not send up a receiver. And now you're talking a sideband transponder, which would chew up a lot of the battery power. So these are just yeah. little 10 milliwatt transmitters. But they're also giving telemetry like what, Tom? They're giving temperature, um, altitude, and location. Yeah. And battery. Uh, and uh, a couple other things. Uh, in fact, uh, NOAA, NOAA Weather, is actually using data from our Pico balloons to help improve their model. Now, if you look at this, if, if you guys remember looking at the, the weather on TV, you remember the hurricane models? Well, it looks just like this. If you remember, there was, you know, like eight or nine models that people would look at. And uh, these are those models right here. So NOAA is providing us this information. There's our balloon right there. We just came back from Baja, Mexico. And we just crossed back into the U.S. And the, the colored lines there are the predictions on where this balloon is going to go. The end of those colored dots there are 80 hours out. So it's going to take 80 hours to get there. It looks like we're going to be doing a kind of a circle there. We're, we're, we're above the jet stream, so we're not flying fast uh, to the east like we normally would, would go around the world. We've, we've been around the world uh, uh, in as short as nine days before. Uh, but up 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 here now, where we are now, I mean, we we've been flying for ten days, and we're we're west of where we started. So, uh, you know, so you can you can see that our experiment here is to see if we can keep it up in the air over fifty thousand feet an extended amount of time. I'm not really concerned about going around the world uh, because this balloon now is proven. This balloon. It's proven to fly, and we've got a few other people flying it now. This this balloon will fly at fifty-one thousand feet. This balloon cost about twelve bucks. The SBS that used to be the highest flying balloon. It cost one hundred and seventy, and it would only do about forty-five thousand. So there's been some real progress made here uh, after hunting this for for several years. Uh, so. You know the uh, the the the, the um, tracker itself. The tracker itself. You know we build it under a microscope. The tracker itself weighs 1.6 grams. Uh, a U.S. penny. A penny weighs I think two and a half grams. So our entire tracker, our entire tracker that's got the GPS on it, the Arduino processor, the transmitter. Uh, and and, uh, and then when you add in all the solar panels and the other stuff, and the antenna, the 20-meter antenna, uh, it comes in at about 8 grams, 7.8 7 grams total. 
So uh, 7.8 grams, that includes, a, that includes a 34-foot antenna. So, uh, you know, 7.8 grams, uh, that's about the weight of uh, maybe four pennies or something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty light here. So uh, let's see. Let me go back. Let's, let me go to our Facebook group here real quick and see if I just, just uh, here's, a, here's a shot here of, of the tracking. We get tracking every 10 minutes. Uh, we get tracking every uh, 10 minutes sent on Whisper, and uh, only during the daylight. When it goes to sleep, it still flies, but we don't transmit. So here we are. We went down to Mexico. We went out over the Pacific. We made a turn. We're coming back. We just crossed back into the U.S. right there. So uh, that's, uh, that's where we are right now. Um, we uh, Let me see the next picture here. We've got a lot of people that uh, here's um, here's uh, Tim Toast. I think he's in the chat room tonight. Tim's been following it here on uh, uh, a web uh, web uh, uh, an SDR. Let me see if I can scoot this over a little bit. Right there. So uh, he's actually pulling it up on an SDR, uh, a Kiwi S SDR receiver. And it even has Whisper built in. You can actually track this thing just by going to remote receivers and, and listening to it. So that was kind of neat uh, what he's done there. Uh, you know, Tom, what is the temperature like up in the stratosphere once we get out of the jet stream? Well, I think the temperature up there is probably close to minus 40. Wow. Where we are right now. So, uh Here's a here's a shot here of uh and here's the thing we we always watch if you look at this top picture, you can see our track right there. We're coming around to uh, Baja Mexico there, but if you look the picture right below it there, kind of zigzag back and forth and try to stay out of, stay out of the storms there. Uh, let's see what else we got going here. You know, one of the predictions, and the prediction changes every every few hours. The prediction was showing us heading out over the Pacific toward Hawaii, uh, but you can see it turned, it turned right there, and it's it's gone back uh, towards the U.S. It may cross right back over us here. It's it's definitely models. interesting that you're you know once you get out of the jet stream and the steering currents. Just how literally uncontrolled the, the flight is. Yeah. Now, most of Pico balloons have been flying down here in the troposphere, where you see my mouse. We're actually flying in a stratosphere. We're officially in a stratosphere. And I, I, I found today that there, there's another couple people flying uh, this balloon now, and they are also up at the 51,000 level. So we're not the only ones now up there. Uh, so the trend now is... Is we're moving people out of the troposphere and we're moving them up into the uh, stratosphere. If that's where you want to be, if you want to go around the world, that's not a very good place to be right there uh, to uh, to go around the world. Believe me, the wind sometimes the wind's only three miles an hour up there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Tom, a question from the chat room uh -huh. here: What SDR software is used for Whisper? <clears throat> Well, uh, let me just say... Uh, well, can't the, you do stuff yeah, like ham radio deluxe even? And yeah, like a signal yeah. link or any kind of whatever you, you would use for 
FT8. And well, whatnot. Whisper Whisper is uh, you can download. You can just download it. It's free. It's uh, it's uh, a part of the package WSJTX. Uh, if you just download the free WSTJX, uh, it, it has, you know, all your digital modes in there, and it has Whisper in there and all that. And it's free. So if you've got a receiver, uh, you can just download that software and, and connect your sound card to your speaker, and you can copy you can copy Whisper. Uh, now, the nice thing about Whisper is, guys, it is the weak, you know, weak signal uh, propagation reporter. It is a neat deal. It will hear signals that your human ear will not hear. Uh, our little 10 milliwatt transmitter, that's running less power than your garage door opener. But your little, uh, the little 10 milliwatt transmitter is being picked up. It's being picked up uh, as far away as 9,000 kilometers away. Uh, I think I've got a shot here. Let's see. Here's uh, right there where the cursor is. And people in Hawaii are picking it up right now. People uh, all across the U.S. are picking it up. The gray line is starting to come in right there. Uh, but people will start hearing it in a little while. People will start hearing it in Europe. So uh, uh, the nice thing about whisper is weak signal. It's going to hear signals that your ear is not going to hear. And um, what, we, what we do is... Uh, Whisper doesn't typically give you. Whisper does not typically give you all the data that we get, and uh, so people prior to me uh, have figured out a way uh, to um, to get that extra data. Uh, by the way, this is the tracker right here. That's the tracker, and uh, you can see the little white thing is the GPS. Uh, the little little antenna on top, that's the GPS antenna. That's just a piece of guitar wire. Uh, I don't even use guitar wire anymore. I use just a regular piece of wire. The, uh, the Arduino processor is on the bottom. And then uh, uh, it's a two-sided board. We've got, we've got uh, parts on both sides. Uh, if you look at this board, you can see how narrow, how narrow that board is. Uh, a friend of mine, and we're we're having some more boards built, and we're making one half this size. It's going to be, it's going to be this size. It's going to be about the size of that white chip right there. The entire, the entire transmitter uh, tracker. It's going to be half the size of this board. So, anything we can do to reduce reduce weight. Uh, so, so I was mentioning that we use, uh, you know, uh, whisper. Takes your call letters and it will uh, it will send it will send your call letters basically and uh, just one or two more simple things like uh, your your DB level DBM uh, which is uh, your your power level and it will send a four digit grid square four digit grid square is only good for about I don't know maybe a hundred mile box so you know it's not real accurate. So what we do, we take that uh, that that, that uh, power level in the first transmission uh, under the call W5KUB and in the power level. We don't use that for power. We use it for altitude, and we use it for rough altitude. And uh, um, that's stored in the the Whisper database. And then we send a a different 
we send uh, after that two minute transmission, we send another two minute transmission uh, of more data. And then we run a Python script here on Earth that goes to the Whisper database and it pulls my call letters out and it pulls that extra data out and it puts it together. And then we send it to APRS.fi. Now, Bill is the one that's provided uh, uh, me the uh, Python, and he, he writes all this code, and uh, he has uh, been the key factor in helping me uh, with the tracking part of, of these uh, trackers. What so, frequency are you transmitting on? This, uh, this is 20-meter whisperer. That's 14 megs, 14.0, 14.0. Five, fourteen oh nine five six. Uh, that's twenty meters. Now we could we could we could go to we could go to ten meters. And guess what? Ten meters would half the length of our antenna. Yeah. We got a twenty meter dipole on here. That twenty meter dipole is uh, thirty four feet long, seventeen that's feet up. Save and you even more weight. Seventeen feet down. But the dipole, the whole twenty meter dipole, only weighs one point four grams. Yeah, but if you can cut that in half, that's seven that tenths half, of a gram. I could cut that in half by running on ten meters, and we could save 0.7 grams. And uh, I think by this new little half board. In fact, I've got some uh, other boards coming in that are thinner than these, that are four tenths of a millimeter, and we're going to try to build some up. But uh, so y you know. The the secret, like Bill says, the secret is make it light and make it even lighter. Uh, uh, light gets you to go higher. It it really does. So so um, if it wasn't for Whisper, we wouldn't be able to track these things, really. You know. And people say, well, why don't you put a camera on it? Well, you can see a camera would weigh a hundred times more than this. Uh, this. Uh, hey, I'll show you real quickly here. I want to show you. Uh, how we know where it's going to fly. And we know within a few hundred feet when we design this, we know where it's going to fly. And I'm going to show you uh, just a quick uh, calculation on how we fly. And I'm going to use the one of the new uh, experimental balloons we're flying. So let me do this. I'm now, also, something about the, the, you know, if we were to try to fly a camera, you're talking about a constant current draw versus our solar cells. And, you know, that's going to be a significant current. And then trying to send video at, you know, 20 meters at whatever super slow baud rate, anywhere near as good as the flying record. So I'm going to open, I'm going to open a, a spreadsheet here that shows us how, how we know where it's going to fly. Let me see if I can do this. My PC is so far away, I'm having difficulty reading it here. All right, so this is called, this is our float calculator right here. Let me, uh, let me get a better, there we go. Now you can see more of it, I think. Uh, let me see if I can move Glenn up a little bit. So this calculator here, it, it, it know, we tell it whether we're going to use hydrogen. If you look over here on the left where the mouse is, uh, I've got hydrogen selected. We can select hydrogen or helium as our lift gas. Hydrogen is going to go higher. So let's do this. Let's uh, let's take uh, let's take one of these new experimental balloons, the small balloons we've got, and uh, uh, I inflated it and tested it to see how how big it gets. 
and uh, I got a hundred. I think I got a hundred and six inch circumference. You take a hundred and six inch circumference and uh, 106 inch circumference uh, will equate to um, um, let's see 106 it, it equates to about 0. 0.320 cubic meters of volume now so let's do this let's put in a spreadsheet real quick here and i'll show you what happens here how we know where it's going to fly so uh I know the weight of the balloon is 40, 40 grams. So I'm going to come up here, and right here, I'm going to put 40 in here. I'm going to put 40. It's already in here, but I'm going to type it in. I just put 40 in there. I know my tracker is going to be, my tracker is like 7.8 grams, and then I might have a little bit of glue, or I might have a little piece of tape. So let's just put 8 grams in here uh, for the weight of the payload. So we're going to put 8, we're going to put eight, 8 grams in there for our payload. All right, now, uh, the volume of that balloon, once I measure the circumference of that balloon, I can easily calculate the cubic meters of volume. And that cubic meters is going to be about, uh, about 0.320 cubic meters. So let's put in here volume of the balloon here. We're going to put, we're going to, right here, we're going to put 0 0.320, 0 0.320. We're going to hit enter. All right, so now we have hit, uh, okay, we've got the volume in of the balloon. We've got the weight of the balloon. We've got the weight of the tracker. Now, I have tested, I've tested these balloons. I've pressure tested them up to about 0.433 PSI. They will pop if you get much higher. That's about the limit, about, point, about 0.45 or 0.5, they're going to pop. So we've got to keep our pressure below 0.5. So let's look down here at the bottom of our differential pressure. Right now, our differential pressure is 0.192 in that balloon. And let's look over here at the altitude. It's showing 52,919 feet. And that's with a free lift. Let's go up the top right here. You can see the mouse. That's a, a free lift of 6.69 grams. So we measure out the gas with uh, gram scale. Let's change that to uh, let's change that to uh, like eight grams of free lift, and see what it does to our pressure. That's a pretty safe pressure. We're good to about about 0.4. That's pretty good. We're almost at 0.2. So that should survive. So let's go up here and put a little bit more gas in and bring our uh, bring our free lift to like. Eight. So here we go. Uh, I'm gonna put uh, 0 0.05 cubic meters in, and that brought me to okay. I put 0 0.05 cubic meters of gas in. That brought me up to 8.9 grams of free lift. All right, now. If you notice, our our pressure went up from point one nine to point two five psi so you know we we don't want to go much higher because we don't want to pop the balloon but look look at the altitude fifty two eight fifty four we didn't gain hardly any altitude i think we were around fifty two to start with we didn't gain anything so let's do this let's let's take our free lift let's take our gas back down 
let's take our free lift down to about six or something like that. So I'm going to put less gas in it. I'm going to put in 0.047 cubic meters of gas. And that took me down. Okay, I'm at 5.5 grams of free lift. That means if I, if I tied two pennies on there, it would lift it. It would lift two pennies at two and a half each, you know. So look, look, that brought my uh, that brought my uh, internal pressure differential down to 0.16 uh, psi, which is pretty safe. We're still at 52,950. In fact, we may have went up 100 feet. Uh, so that's kind of where we want to be. We want to be somewhere in the five or six uh, grams of free lift. We want to fly, of course, as high as we can, but we want to keep our our uh, differential pressure safe and it looks like this balloon is going to fly at 52,900 feet with uh, 5.55 grams of uh, free lift in it. So that's how that's how we calculate the uh, the the weights and the free lift of our gas and so forth. Uh, let me see if I can figure out how to bring Glenn back. Let me, let me see if I can. Might not be able to bring you back tonight, Glenn. So, oh well. Um, let me see interesting thought that i just had too and that's now that you're up in the stratosphere the issues with icing are going to be significantly reduced because you're not going to have the atmosphere up there to, to create the icing yeah uh icing so you, and there's a uh, uh there's a, a website we go to that tells us that what level the icing is and it tells us and it's usually down quite a bit lower than that it's pretty dry up where we are uh, I'm trying to figure out how Glenn how to get you back into back into there we go I got you back now okay so so that kind of gives us an idea of uh, uh, you know the material the balloon the pressure the free lift and where we're gonna fly so um, you know, uh, let's see. I was going to look in the chat room here and see how long can you keep it flying for the next round. Yeah, the, the biggest thing in the chat room that's popped up is um, AC2GL said, why don't you use Kapton tape instead of a circuit board? Because they're saying that circuits are being printed on Kapton tape for cell phones these days. Well, you know, we do. I don't think we've got the fab process for that. Well, we do use kept on tape to tape up things with on here. We don't for the circuit board. Now, I'm, I'm having, you know, uh, the, the new circuit boards where I'm getting in, I'm getting to probably this week are going to be 0.4 millimeters. They're going to be even smaller than this. Uh, you know, if we eliminate the entire circuit board, we might, I don't, well, this whole tracker with everything on it only weighs 1.6 grams. Yeah. So we take that board out. I don't know. I don't know how much we saw. Well, I can measure the weight of the board over here, but we're going to bring the board down, and, and, and uh, we're, going, we're going thinner, and we're going half size. This board right now is about a, about a little over an inch long right here. The, the new ones we're having made are only half this length. They're about, they're about the length of that white thing right there. That's going to be the entire, uh, the entire tracker. And we'll have to cram all the parts on the, the front and the back side there. Um, so is it is it better to fly high? I don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of people want to go around the world. Um, we we went around the world a number of times, and we wanted to we wanted to try to break that altitude 
ceiling, you know, and that's that's why we're happy be up in the 50s right now. And, and, and plus, you know, guys, the storms are going to kill you. The storms, the storms always kill these things. It takes a lot of luck to get around the world. And one piece of that luck is don't hit a storm. You hit a storm, you're down. So when we've been flying in the 40s, that's great. You know, a lot of storms aren't that high. But just on this flight alone, the last 10 days, I have been seeing cloud tops in some places, particularly in the Gulf, as high as nearly 50,000 feet. So that's not uh, that's not real good. Um so, uh, you know, and if you want to track our, 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 uh, track our flights, we've got a website set up. Uh, let me get to, we've got a website set up, and it's just called W5KUB.com. And uh, you can, um, let me do this. It makes it easy, easy tracking for you. So just go to w5kub.com and you'll see this. And I've got links on there for you. This the balloon right now has been up 10 days, 11 hours and 49 minutes, right there. And if you just scroll down, you can click on click on a link. So this brings up the APRS link to see where on the map where it is. This brings up uh, the Hab Hub. This brings up the Whisper information. There's also some things on here that you might be interested in, like Ventusky and, and winds.com. Let me click on Ventusky and show you what this is. This is really neat. So let me click Ventusky. Here we go. Now, when we're flying lower, <coughs> this is very helpful. This is very helpful because what we can do, we can go over here. And we can put in our altitude, and we know by a tracker what our altitude is. Let's just let's just go to let's go to uh, twelve thousand meters. Twelve thousand meters. That's that's about thirty nine thousand feet. So I just went to thirty nine thousand feet right there, and I'm gonna click on right now. So temperature. I'm gonna click on uh, wind speed. All right, and there we go. If you look at this. Uh, where's the U.S.? Let me find the U.S. Here's the U.S. where I got the map right here. If you look at the wind speeds, if you put the cursor here, you can see the wind speed coming into Southern California. Look at it. The wind speed there is 80 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour. There's 116 miles an hour, uh, but that's down at 36,000 feet. We're much higher than that, and Ventusky uh, doesn't take us up quite as high is what we're flying. But if you're flying lower, you can typically use uh, this and you can see the jet streams and you can actually tell where the balloon's going to go and where it's going to cross into Africa, where it's going to cross across uh, China and so forth. So that's kind of a cool one right there that you can uh get in in uh Glenn, we've got we've got uh, you got wind speed uh, uh you've got air pressure, humidity, uh Let's see. I was going to go to, let's, let's go to Wendy. It's similar. I'm going to go to Wendy.com and let you see what Wendy.com does. Wendy.com is also a good one here. Uh, so if you go to Wendy.com and you go over here, you can bump this thing up right here. 
it's on surface now, but you can crank it on up to there's uh, there's 45,000 feet right there, 45,000 feet. And let me back out a little. Here's the U.S. And uh, let's see, let's get wind speed. We want wind speed, so we're going to click uh, wind. Let me turn it on. All right, we're, we're at wind. And if I click the mouse anywhere in here, it tells me right there the winds at that altitude are 50 miles an hour. And right there, hey, they're only 12 miles an hour. That looks like what we're going to be kind of going into, that 12-mile-an-hour deal there. Uh, but uh, uh, it shows you a lot of neat things. You can come down here for cloud tops, high clouds. Let's see. Cloud you know, tops. at 12 miles an hour, you can just about jog around the world before the balloon does. Yeah, and look, here's cloud tops, and right over uh, looks like Alabama and uh, Upper Florida. We got some cloud tops. I'm going to click on it and see how high they are. Oh, look at there! See that red right there? Uh, those cloud tops right there are forty thousand two hundred feet high right there. Now, hopefully, we're going to go across the the upper central U.S. here, but that's forty thousand foot cloud tops right there, and that would not be good for us uh, for sure. So. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that gives uh, you guys uh, kind of a um, you know uh, so some information that maybe you didn't have before uh, about our uh, about our balloon flights, and um, we uh, we did we thought this one went down last week. The, the second day it was up, it didn't report the second day it was up, and uh, nothing. So we thought, well, it's gone down. But that's the day we had a major uh, solar flare solar storm, and all the HF bands uh, were unusable. We think that's what caused uh, us not to get any reports during that day. The next morning, it surprised us and uh, started transmitting the next morning, and it has every day now for the last 10 days. Uh, let me look at the chat room here real quick. You know, uh, talking about the cosmic ray thing uh, from Tim Toast there, uh, they had to coat the uh, the lunar lander in gold foil to to yeah. block the cosmic rays and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But well, that's going to cost you weight. Well, you know, one of the things we've been lucky, I mean, there the, the ultraviolet is very strong up at these altitudes. There's It's not blocked. It's, it's real strong. And we've been very lucky. Uh, ultraviolet, gamma rays, and things like that have not have not destroyed uh, our trackers. They've always kept working. We've never really had one that failed. Um, so that we, we we've had, you know, the, the the components we're using must be shielded somewhat to prevent that. You know. Yeah, but they're not military grade type shielding. Yeah, you know they're 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 cheap chip manufacturer shielding. Yeah, just whatever happens to be there is what you get. Yeah, uh, Brett said he would just solder the parts on the uh, dip uh, pins. Well, that's an idea. You know, I mean, we've done. Uh, yeah, we've, we've but done, have you seen the size of these things? We've done. You we've know? done worse than that. We we we've done worse and. Uh, we have built up uh, a, a number of uh, 
uh, optional things uh, on with these boards here that were built with the Manhattan style where, you know, you just solder all the legs together and it looks like a, a big spotter or something. Uh, you can do that uh, for sure. Uh, uh, not sure how much we would save. Uh, we're, we're getting down, really getting down to there's not much more to save, to tell you the truth. But uh, uh, we may be able to cut one more, one more gram off. Um, that's, uh, that's to be, be seen, I guess. Hey, I made, uh, uh, last week we were talking about different things and we were talking about, uh, pilot, uh, uh, pilot license, private pilot license. And I mentioned that Robert Cummings, Bob Cummings was, got, uh, held pilot license number one. Well, I was kind of wrong on that. Bob Cummings, I looked it up, Robert Cummings he uh, he he holds the flight instructor number one license. He was the first person to get a flight instructor license, and uh, he learned to fly back in uh, 1927 in high school. And he became the, one of the first. Uh, well, he, he became the first licensed flight uh, instructor. So that's what Bob Cummings did. You might may remember him from a. TV show, you know. I think he was a photographer or something. I think he may have flown some too. I don't know. But anyway, I just wanted to correct that right there. Uh, let's see. What else we got to hear? I wanted to mention. So, hey, you know, we talked about SDR receivers. There's several uh, different SDR receivers that you can go to out there. Kiwi is one of them. Uh, I think it's just called, if you just search for Kiwi at, uh, SDR, you'll find them. Uh, there are others out there. Um, uh, I didn't know that the Kiwi, some of the Kiwis had a built-in whisper in them, and uh, Tim Toast uh, showed me that today. Uh, let's see. Let's do this, and uh, hey, it's Bill Brownback. Uh, we needed a Bill in here to help us with this segment. We'll talk more about it here in a few minutes. I don't know if Bill's... Uh, if Bill's going to join us on uh, video or, or not. But let's, uh, we'll be right back. Don't go away. LDG Electronics provides state of the From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. Six and 27. More than 40,000 North American hams come together to operate remotely. Contact with nature, contact with friends. With a powerful and high-quality ICOM base station, easily cut through the pileups to get that contesting edge. Our popular IC705 portable, the IC7300, and the IC7610 SDR transceivers are the clear choice for DXers and contesters across the globe. The IC705 is a perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy both the great outdoors and indoors or field day. It's a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters and is weighing in at just under 2 pounds. It has a 4.3 inch touchscreen with a live band scope and a waterfall. It runs 5 watts with a battery or 10 watts with a 13.8 volt DC power supply. Integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger. 
and the speaker microphone, the HM243, comes standard. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative ATS transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative ATF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. It has RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, and real-time spectrum scope. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receiver, and dual digital select. For more information, visit www.icomamerica.com amateur. All right, we are back, and Bill, Bill Brown, you going to join us uh, on uh, on the show, or are you just stay in the chat room tonight? <clears throat> oh man, didn't even see him in the chat room. Well, somebody said hello to Bill. I guess he's in here. Let's see. I'm not seeing him. You're not. Yep. Well, maybe he's not there. Let's see. Well, I don't know. Maybe he came and went. I don't know. I'll go ahead and post the uh, Zoom link. <clears throat> Get people in here that want to join us. So if you'd like to join us on Zoom, uh, here's the opportunity to uh, give us a call. We're right at 9 o'clock now. Let's see. Hey, oh, copy, copy. All right. Uh, Give us a call on Zoom and get in here with us. Here's a Zoom link right here. And we're now, we're going to move on. Hey, Amateur Radio Roundtable kind of is over with. We're going to get really informal right now, man. We're going to go to after the show show. So for all you people out there listening on the International Shortwave, we really appreciate you being with us. This show is about ham radio, amateur radio, shortwave. And uh, we're going to a segment now. This is a this is a new part of the show. It's just called After the Show Show. And uh, we're gonna well, anybody who wants to join us on Zoom can come in here to be part of the After the Show Show. Um, I just posted a Zoom link there on video, and uh, would love to have you. And we'll talk about just about anything. We'll answer your questions, or we'll uh, dig something up for you, or we'll talk about field day, or whatever you want to talk about. And Tim uh, Tim Conway just joined us, so we welcome Tim in here. We're glad to have him again tonight with us. <clears throat> okay. Um I bet field day is going to be fun this year with the sunspots coming up and everything. <clears throat> i tell you, the bands have really been opening up a lot. Uh, uh, six meters have been opening up. Uh, the, the upper HF band has been opening. I was thinking about tonight, maybe just uh, I was going to throw out a little segment on maybe some simple uh, six-meter antennas uh, so people can get on and uh, have fun with six meters. But 
back in the early 1960s uh, in AM, uh, I, I loved six meters. Yeah, it was so cool to be down here in Arkansas and talk to people up in New York and Santa, just like they were in the room with me. Right, six meters. Man. I loved it when the when you had the band openings, <clears throat> you could actually see it start in Europe, and then it would come over stateside, and you could literally watch the the opening as it progressed from the east coast to the west coast. And yeah. there was one night that the whole gang here in Olive Branch, um, we literally tracked that opening and. You know, just worked it as it went from east to west coast, and gosh, that was just an absolute blast. Well, you know, six meters is called the magic band, and it, it does have some magic to it, I think. Uh, and you don't have to have a big six meter beam and aim it, you know, yeah. where you want to. I mean, man, people with just simple, very simple six meter antennas are talking all over the country with it. You know, I mean, yeah, no, it's fun when it, six it, is open. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I thought about maybe maybe next week or so, uh, maybe we'll talk about some some, some uh, antennas that we can build together uh, for real, uh, really uh, a simple antennas for uh, for six meters. So one is just a, a, a quad. Basically, it's a it's, it's a couple pieces of PVC pipe, uh, you know, in a in a plus shape and uh, just a piece of wire around it. And, uh, you know, a full wave around it, hook your coax directly to it. Don't worry about matching. It'll work beautifully. Another one yeah. I've got, another one I've got is, uh, <coughs> is uh, and I've used, is basically the, uh, the same quad, but it's two quads, 90 degrees from each other, like that. 90, 90 degrees, you know. One run, run east and west, and the other quad running north-south. And... Uh, uh, there's a little piece of uh, matching uh, coax. Uh, I forget the uh, RG number, but I've got it here, and uh, I'll show it. Just make a loop with that matching and hook your coax right to it, and you've got a omnidirectional six-meter antenna. And a nice thing about these, nice thing about these, I'm in a waiting room now, whoever that is. Oh, uh, the nice thing about the... Uh, the uh <coughs> the six meter uh antennas are they're they're small fairly small hey tie a rope around it shoot a rope over a high tree limb and just pull it up in the air that's all you got to do you know and now, uh, one of the favorite antennas that some folks are building is the copper tubing you know the the water pipe tubing based j poles yeah for six that seemed to work quite well yeah uh, you know um uh, th that's if you want to uh, cut copper and go to expense and solder it and and all that i mean you know i mean there's a lot of antennas you can if you just like building antennas that's a great one to build the jpo yeah uh that's um, a pretty looking antenna when you build one but i would think uh, a lot of these uh would probably all function just about as well Oh yeah, you know until you. I get mean, it, as as the balloons yeah. are, are proving, you know, with ten milliwatts you can work the world. So, and that's on a wire dipole. So yeah, you know, a lot of it is band conditions and luck, and of course, in our case, altitude. But still, it just goes to show that you can work anywhere to anywhere <clears throat> when things are right. Yeah, man, I used to sit back and 
enjoy working six meter a.m. It sounded mm-hmm. so uh, so cool, man. And, you know, my I mean, big thing was was radio teletype back in the day. Yeah. I loved working twenty meter radio teletype. Yeah. So you know the the band's getting better. The it, it's we've had poor band conditions for a number of years now, and it's starting to get a lot better uh, for us. And now we can enjoy. You know, some, yep. some good ham radio is coming up over the next couple, two or three years. Is it's going to get better and better and better? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Looking forward to that. Hey, Bill, what's up? Hey, Glenn. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing tonight? Hey, Tim. <laughs> and whoever JM is, hello, JM. Yeah. Hi there. How are you? Hey there. JM, who is JM? Who is that? Hi, I'm brand new to uh to these series. Okay, cool, cool. Very good. Uh, do you, are are you a Troy listener? Are you a ham? Do you have a license? So uh, I became extremely interested in ham radio in the past uh, year, uh-huh. and I started studying for you know uh, my technician license. Okay, cool. And um, very excited about field day also, and I was just studying all the you know different applications of radio and i got very interested in you know pickup balloons i think what you're doing is yeah that's that's great and where where are you located i'm located in new york in the bronx New new york okay all right well very good uh uh hey um uh i've been a ham 58 years it's been a great hobby all those years uh i probably couldn't pass the test now if i took it but uh i passed it Almost 60 years ago. FCC, don't come looking for me. Uh, there's too many new things now, you know. I'm, I'm old school, but, uh, uh, you know, it's a fun hobby, and I think you'll, uh, you'll really enjoy it. I would uh, uh, recommend don't stop with the tech license. Uh, a lot of people get that, and then they just sit back and, you know, you're, you know, you're going to have more fun. You get that general license, you're going to have a lot more fun uh, with the hobby and, it's going to open up a lot more for you to do. If I can, if I can do the extra, I'll do it. You know. Yeah. Uh, sure. Tom, more I'll send you better. The, Tom, I'll send you a question for technician. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, there, Bill gives uh, online test uh, wow. right there, and I also give in-person tests. <laughs> okay, he's a, he's a tester, so you know you guys can hook up there, and uh, when you get ready and. You know, hey, yeah. take some practice tests, take some practice tests, and when you start getting good enough on a practice test where you're passing e- each one of them, you know, take your test. Yeah, and forward. one of the cool things about field day for the newer hams, you don't even have to have a license, and as a general rule, they, you know, the extra on-site is the control operator for everything, so you basically have extra privileges for the duration of the field day. So you can work any band, any mode, and just have all sorts of fun. Figure out what you like the best. I'm very excited. I'm very excited yeah. about it. The whole thing. Uh, I think it's just like a great hobby, a great way to connect people. And uh, there's so many uh, different applications. Like there's this guy's like, uh, what's it called? Skydiving. With skydiving, and and yeah. uh, you know, it's a celebrity of sorts. But I'm like. When I saw the pickle balloon, I, I was like, "No, that's 
that is fascinating. Well, it, it is, and it's still fascinating to us. We've been flying now for about three years, but uh, uh, I don't know how how I don't know how far back you go with us with our Pico balloons. We've we've flown our best flight's been three and a half times around the world. The last couple of flights have only made it around two times. Uh, uh, but this one, this one, we've it's flying so high now; it's above the jet stream, and uh, it's not going to fly very fast. And it's actually not going where people. It, it's not hitting west. I mean, east like people want to go around the world. It's just it made a loop through Texas, and it's come back now back into the U.S. But uh, uh, we're just excited that we're flying at fifty-one thousand feet, and it's holding together. The ants are holding it together, and I don't know if you tuned in at the beginning of the show or just the last few minutes. You may not well, know. I, I was in the last uh, hour, but here's the thing. I, yeah. I think I've been in, in your website a few times okay. in the last year. So, you know, once you get into, you know, uh, people talking about the I, uh, speaking to the ISS and yeah. some people using um, um, weather balloons, and I eventually ended up in the Pico balloon. I'm like, it's just, it's small, it's portable, and it just stays in the air. And and he was able to, like, downsize it to 7.8 grams. I think that's remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I added, like, the question about, like, what data you can put. I mean, I'm sure I don't want to bother your audience because everybody okay. is so well, you know, versed. <clears throat> and i'm a noob and so but I, I have so many questions yeah the main thing that we uh we, the only really data that we're transmitting here <clears throat> and it depends on the individual and how you want to program the arduino uh we're really not even looking at temperature because we know what the temperature is up there uh we're looking at things like uh, speed altitude course direction uh and um something else i forget what it is but many of those things and that's just so we can track it and know where it is around the world and um so you're also not limited to the <clears throat> transmitting unit that tom puts together you can add sensors it's an arduino so you can add temperature sensors barometric pressure sensors all kinds of sensors if you're willing to sacrifice you know an extra couple grams for so, payload. So here, here's the one we're flying right now. It looks pretty rugged. It's just a little piece of styrofoam. I've got six, uh, uh, well, it said 106. It looks just like this. We've got six uh, little glass uh, solar cells on there. The tracker is glued down right to, on the top there. Uh, and and it, that, that, uh, that's the whole thing, basically. Uh, and uh, once you add the antenna, uh, once you add the antenna and everything, it's about 7.8 grams. And yeah, but if you want to sacrifice a few more grams, yeah. you could add a whole bunch of telemetry sensors <clears throat> oh, to yeah. it. You could, you could add, you could add to it for sure. Yeah, and just add to the telemetry message. And so, have it decoded, and you'd be able to to get all sorts of information. So here's so the how, here, how do you know? I I remember I, I think I watched one of your videos that uh -huh. says that you can program uh, for whenever it flies over uh, yeah. certain territories in the world, such as North Korea, would stop transmitting. Yeah, so yeah. I wonder I wonder how how you can track it. Do you speak to a specific satellite? Like, is it like a ham satellite or 
in a well, way. Well, the the uh, the tracker itself has a GPS on it. A little white thing there's a GPS, and uh, it knows where it is. And oh. we use what we call geofencing. For instance, we if we don't want to start World War Three, uh, we're told we shouldn't transmit over North Korea. So we draw a box. We draw a box around North Korea. And the GPS knows when it gets inside that box, turn off the transmitter. Don't don't talk. And when we come out of that box, it starts talking again. So that's how we uh, that's how we do that. Here's here's some new boards. We've just we've just made some changes, but these are so pretty new boards we made here. There's the GPS module and the the uh, Arduino uh, module uh, uh, chip uh, on there. And that's the break-off tab at the top. We plug our programming in there to program it, and then we'll break that off to save uh, to save weight. So that's uh, that's what that side of the board looks like, and that's the back side. And uh, we, we're making a new one right now, and some other people are actually already flying these. We're making a new one now that's one-half this size. If you see the little white square right there, the entire board is going to be just about the size of that white square. And that, that Arduino chip there is going to be on the back side. And, and everything else is going to be on, on that half, a half that circuit board right there. So uh, it's going to be smaller and it'll be a little bit lighter, you know. Uh, so, yeah, you know, the thing about the Pico balloons is we try, we don't want them to pop. If they keep going up, they'll pop. And so you got to stop it at some point. It, and, uh, and the materials are, have, it's been tough. Over the last couple of years, try to find material that will hold the pressure. Even though that pressure seems low, 0.19 uh, psi, uh, it's very high when you add up hundreds or thousands of square inches. It gets pretty high pressure. And we've even tried building balloons out here, and we would put netting. We would take like uh, a you know a net and put it around the balloon to keep it from expanding and uh, a nylon net and that net would be popping and exploding it was it was so tight it would pop the the nylon net so uh that's been our big problem all these years is to find something that will fly high now a lot of people may not want to fly as high as what we're flying and you know i guess glenn um if a person didn't want to fly let's say if you if you wanted to fly lower say it 42,000, I think we could probably grab that balloon and bunch it together, maybe, and... Yeah, just and, limit and, the and, volume. And, and, tie, and tie, tie it off or something, you know, re- tie reduce it off the a volume. Bit, kind of like choking up on a yeah. baseball bat. Yeah, re- maybe reduce the volume. Uh, I don't know uh, what that would do to the strength of it, but... Well, you can also add yeah. weight in terms of a payload, and that will drag yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you definitely could add a lot more weight, and that would bring it bring the altitude down for sure but, yeah i mean isn't, you know use, use you know use uh those little turtles instead of ants and things like yeah, that yeah we had to get maybe put a frog on there yeah you know or something like that you yeah. know kermit's not doing anything these days yeah sure he'll love a j- little job but, but i mean it- you know remember growing up we had the model rockets and they always <laughs> had the one with the glass tube that you could put little critters in and launch Oh yeah, you know. So that this just takes well, that to a whole new level. I don't know, man. Nowadays, you might get in trouble for launching critters like that. Yeah, I know. If somebody, 
Who, who might that be? NAACP? No, that's not. Who would that be? The ASPCA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so many acronyms out there. I almost had a Oh, I know. One. Yeah. Yeah, you get in trouble. So, you know, old Bill, he sent a cricket up one time with a high school. Their high school project, they sent some crickets up to see if, you know, if they would live. And they, someone said crickets could hold their breath for many, many minutes. And uh, the crickets came back and they were lying. But, man, don't do that to a cricket. Nowadays, yeah. you get in trouble. You know, we use ants, but we don't put them in that environment. They've got oxygen masks and everything up there. So, so uh, JM, I don't know if you if you you you, 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 you heard us talking about the ants. That was it's a joke. Someone asked it. You know, how do we steer? And we said we have trained ants aboard. I saw that on the chat. Yeah, yeah, I was just yeah. wondering why, why, uh, how can you like fly between, you know, lower than uh, forty? You said if I think uh, airplanes fly between 25 and 40,000 feet. Isn't yeah. that well, dangerous? Well, you, you got to realize that it's it's a big space up there, really big space. And uh, we, uh, uh, the the FAA uh, allows this. Uh, it's, it, we're flying under what we call uh, FAR, Federal Aviation Rule uh, 101. And 101 says that we can actually fly a balloon, balloon with, with with two payloads of up to six pounds each on the same balloon. We could fly 12 pounds of payload. So you can see that's getting quite large uh, without having to file a, a notum to airmen or anything like that. Uh, so we don't have to uh, tell them. We don't have to do anything about it. And if you really think about it, there, there's over 1,000 weather balloons launched every day. So there's all there's a thousand weather balloons flying around up there right now, and uh, I don't think many pilots. I've got a pilot friend uh, here, and uh, he's never seen a balloon. He's flown for thirty something years, and he's never uh, seen a balloon like this. That's something to remember. Also, is that if you're going to go below, you know, the forty thousand foot mark, now you're into the storm layer so moisture and things like that are going to cause icing and bring you down so you're going to be much more concerned about storm fronts and the weather and things of that nature whereas up at 51,000 feet there's no storm that high so we might get some turbulence off of a very high thunderstorm but we shouldn't have anywhere near the condensation and icing and turbulence issues. Well, it definitely, that you would lower. Uh, it definitely helps to be that high. Uh, there, yeah. there are some storms that are that high, and uh, you know it's the luck of the draw, man. You gotta, you gotta miss those storms for sure. And uh, yeah, but uh, typically, if you fly through a storm and you're running forty thousand feet, you're gonna go down. <clears throat> yeah, you know, uh, we have very little lift. Uh, five grams of lift, six grams of lift total. Free lift, free lift, and uh, so uh, you know uh, a nickel's a nickel's probably about five grams, and uh, that's all it can lift. You put a nickel on there, it might it might can lift it. Put a nickel and a penny on there, it wouldn't do it. So very little lift. So if a bird flew over and if a bird pooped on it, it might come down. You know, and especially if it gets any moisture on it, uh, it will. Uh, it will come down. Now, we've had them ice up before, and they would start coming down. And as they would come down, uh, they would warm up, 
and the ice would melt, and we would see the balloon go back up. But then it would ice, and it would start coming back down. Usually when it got into that cycle of icing and melting and icing and melting, normally we would, we would eventually lose it. It would, it would come down. How uh, I thought that weather balloons they have to be registered somewhere. They said, "Oh, there's a, over a thousand uh, weather balloons up there." But you know, a lot of them they're part of this worldwide project where people uh, throw like they throw throw they uh, launch launch them, two, yeah. Yeah. two balloons at, at, right at, at London time. Like yeah, well, noon, there's a big and, difference between a weather balloon, which is the huge latex balloons with the hundred pound plus payload. Versus a, a Pico balloon, an experimental Pico balloon. And the rule we fly under is just that experimental Pico balloon. So we can have, you know, the two six-pound payloads, and we can launch as many of those as we want. There's no limitation on the number that you can have launched up. Well, what about, we're talking about, about launching next yeah. to an airport? Because there is also this yeah. thing where you're not allowed to uh like uh, launch a, a weather balloon i think uh, yeah there, there are some rules there days. are yeah there are some rules that that stipulations in the the far 101 exemption that we follow there's some things you have to follow for one you don't you don't launch it near a busy airport like like uh, chicago airport or washington you don't launch it at an airport and um, you've got to the string the string that holds the payload it has to be breakable 50 pounds or less. So there's a few steps that we have to take, but uh, it's not required to to uh, issue or notify them of what they call a NOTAM, N-O-T-A-M, notice, uh, notice to airmen. Uh, now, we flew a big balloon last year, and we got a nice video if you, if you just search W5KB for high-altitude balloon. We... Uh, we did like a, a weather balloon uh, this past summer uh, where we flew it up to 107,000, 108,000 feet. Now, we did file a NOTAM. We did file a NOTAM. We didn't have to. We were told that we didn't have to, but we wanted to let them know just anyway, just for safety. Uh, we launched that balloon in, uh, uh, in Tennessee. And we recovered it down in Mississippi. It went 62 miles. And we knew exactly where it's coming down. The, the programs, the tracking programs are so good uh, with these weather balloons that we can tell just about where it's going to be. For instance, that balloon headed, uh, it, it, took, uh, it took an hour and a half to get to 108,000 feet. And when it popped, of course, it's falling. And as it's falling through different altitudes, the wind is going different directions. So um, one minute it may be going west, and the next minute it may be going south. And, uh, but, but the program knew where it was going to go. And if you'll look on our video, and you'll see the predicted path, and you'll see the true path, and they're almost perfect lined up. And we... Uh, wow. We launched. It was up three hours. We drove down to Mississippi. We stopped and had breakfast, and we were down there waiting on it before it landed. And we we were within hundreds, you know, of yards from uh, where the balloon came down, basically. And uh, it was uh, it was cool. We had three cameras aboard, uh, two cameras facing out, one camera facing down. You can see a little bit of the blackness of space, and you can see some of the curvature there. And uh, we had two different GPS uh, units in there, battery packs. Uh, I think we probably weighed uh, somewhere close to 
maybe a pound, pound and a half or something like that. But uh, that was cool. That was an exciting chase to go down and wait on it to come down. Uh, I'm afraid to do it again because we pro everything went perfect. Uh, we would not be that lucky this time. No, we, you, we, you don't want to mess it. with perfection. You got we, that one really good one. We'd lose it. It would land in a swamp somewhere where you couldn't even get yeah. to it in a boat. And down in Mississippi, there's a lot of water and cypress trees growing, and I, even a boat. No, you don't want there. you don't want to try it a second time. That that one time oh, was man. about as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah, but that was fun. That was exciting, and uh, we uh, we've got that video uh, here. Uh, I need to pull that video up. That was a good video. Let me get that video. Yeah, that was a that was a fun day. I was here at the house listening to all of that. Let me get that video. Was that a Myler one or a no? No, this was it was a weather balloon. It it got it got twenty five feet in diameter right when it popped. Let me do this right. I was thinking, like since your specialty is Myler balloons, I was just thinking, wow, that is a hell of a big birthday balloon. You know? Yeah, well, the goal of this one was to get to a hundred and something thousand feet, and it made what, Tom? A hundred nine thousand plus. We made one hundred eight. Yeah, yeah, that was we did better than we thought. Uh, if you could, if you could, like, uh, get a Myler balloon that big, and you put, you know, the nylon netting on it, and would it go the same height, and would it stay? Uh, well, it, we we tried that. We tried and tried to design it that way. We never could get one to hold up. It it would never would do it, man. It would always burst before it got to super pressure. Uh, I'm gonna pull this video up. I think it, it's gonna be interesting. I, people might want to see this. I mean, it's a fun video. Uh, let me let me get it here. Uh, we'll get it and put it on here. I want to see it again too. It was uh, it was, it was and, and with the netting and stuff, the balloon just kind of keeps trying to squirm through the netting and. It just, it just can't be done. Okay, that's a hundred thousand feet. But what about anywhere in between the fifty and a hundred thousand? Well, we were never able to do one, even with netting. Just yeah, this fifty thousand feet is about the highest that we've ever been able to go, other than the the up and down one. And when and you say one, when you say we, is there like? A group of people, just, a group of friends, friends or association. Yeah, I mean, if I'm available, I'll go and and help them launch. And Tom has a, a buddy or two that'll go help him launch. And because uh, I live like 20 miles away from Tom, oh, nice. And so you know, he he'll say we're launching on such and such a day, and whoever's available will generally go down and help or watch or whatever. And like the, on the 108,000 one, uh, we actually had a buddy with a, an airplane, and he was actually flying chase on it in the air. We had an air, yeah, we had an airplane wow. trying, trying to, in the, in, with GPS, he was flying circles under it, but he never saw it. He was trying to help us to recover it. Uh, let's see. Rough video. I'm getting close. When you guys say far from an airport, I mean, can you be more? Come in and go out, you know. So, yeah, as a general rule, you know, probably 10 or 20 miles away from an airport is more than enough. And Tom generally launches from a field over in Collierville, and that's almost on the east west approach to the Memphis airport. But that's a little used runway, you know, well, not little, but they don't use it very much during the day. And Tom, you're what, maybe 15 miles away from the airport? 
Yeah. You know, so, you know, there's no problem with launching a Pico balloon, you know, that close or that far away from an airport, but you definitely don't want to do it within five miles or so. I have trouble on YouTube. So how much is the kit nowadays? It's like 18 bucks? No, actually, there's no kit. You can buy uh, trackers already built. Uh, they're they're around a hundred dollars, hundred dollars to hundred fifty. Yeah, now these trackers need surface mount components and stuff, and some of them are about the size of a, of a small flea. You know, so Tom has to assemble them with a microscope and and whatnot. So it would definitely behoove you to buy a pre-built tracker and then build your project around that. But now the balloons themselves are relatively cheap. Tom, what are these? Well, these these high altitude ones now, we're, we're, I mean, $12 gets you around the world probably. Whereas the SBS ones before they're were in the $100 range. Yeah, over $150. Interesting. All right. Why can I not do a search under W5KUB? Let's see. W5KUB. Okay. Yeah, but, but all in all, it's not super expensive to launch one. Especially, you know, get some of your buddies to go in together and, you know, cost you 25 bucks each or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a tracker plus plus the balloon. Plus tracker. the helium and, and all of that, or the hydrogen. Mm. And you said you can also put a, a an antenna on it? Yeah, well, the, you the want antenna, an antenna. The antenna that we use for whispering, you'll need a ham license, but a general class are better to to transmit in uh, on 20 meter whisper, but Right, because you need an operator for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. The antenna, the antenna is a twenty-meter dipole, which is uh, uh, thirty-four feet long, but it's made out of wire the size of a hair of your head. It's very small, so entire antenna. Okay, let's see. So guitar string, you said? No, 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 using no, no. It's a magnet wire. It's, it's made of magnet wire. Uh, I think. And I he found, went thinner I think now. I found a video here. Let's see. Yeah. This Did is, you ever uh, try a pickup a pickup wire? You know what I'm talking about? The guitar pickup? Well, we I use that. Sometimes we use, in fact, this this little wire right right here. I don't know if you can see it. This is, uh, it's short. It's only uh, about two and a half inches. That's, get, that's a guitar string right there. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, very, it's pretty stiff. But uh, the 20-meter uh, the antenna is 34 feet long. You don't want to run this stuff 34 feet. Hey, I found a video. I'm going to put it on here. And uh, you know it's probably about five minutes. Uh, we'll uh, we'll run it, and uh, uh, I want to see it again. And probably some people haven't seen it, so let me cue uh, it up here, and uh, let's see if we can let's see if we can get it working here. Uh, let me let me open it up. Now this is not this is not the Pico balloon. This is the like the big weather balloon where we chased it down. But uh, I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy this. Let's see. Maybe that'll work. Let's see. Let me get a little audio here. There we go. 
That's us launching in uh, Tennessee. Now this one had what, three GoPros on it, Tom? Yeah, three cameras on it. Well, they weren't real GoPros, they were the cheapy, you know. The there was a knockoff version. I didn't want to lose three GoPros in a, in a swamp somewhere. But we're going up about a thousand feet per minute right there. This is not actually completely all in the proper sequence. It's just some video I cut. Uh, the entire thing was three hours long. But there we are in our recovery uh, vehicle. We're hitting, there's a recovery plane. We thought we'd see if they could spot it first. <clears throat> they had uh, they had GPS in the plane and were looking, but they never saw it. I think it was falling around right top of them. Uh, Glenn, can you hear me talking right now? Glenn, can you yes. hear me? Yeah, okay. So we're going to reach altitude and pop here in just a minute. I saw so chasing it. <clears throat> All right, we're about to pop. Thousand. That's uh, 20 miles. <clears throat> House is probably in that shot. I couldn't find it for you. 
there's the uh, predicted and the actual. Oh, that's great. So you can see that balloon, right? That balloon weighed 2,000 grams. I mean, that, that was a heavy. That was heavy. Were you able to reuse the the parachute? The parachute? Yeah, we can. Yeah, the parachute, the cameras, uh, tracker, everything. We could relaunch it, but I'm afraid I'll lose it next time. <laughs> we, were, we were there waiting on him, you know. Uh, but that's the only one we've done like that. Our 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 job here on our show is to try to you know float <coughs> float one uh, around the earth. <clears throat> He's going. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing is when you have one that's literally as perfect as that one is, what more do you have to prove by doing another one? Well, it was definitely exciting. Yeah. We got in the truck and started heading to Mississippi. We didn't know if we were going to find it or not, and uh, it all worked out perfect. And it came down right where it was supposed to come down, and and man. I mean that was well. The thing is, you fun. made you made one wrong turn. Your navigator yeah. sent you the wrong way. Otherwise, you would have literally seen it hit the ground. Yeah, I think we might. Well, I'm gonna say we could maybe stuck our arms out and caught it, but it it did land in that tree. We were lucky yeah. it didn't land in one of those taller trees. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it, that, like you say, that's just one of those. Everything was about as perfect as you can ask for. Why do you want to do it again and, and risk losing the three GoPros or the three cameras and everything yeah. else? <clears throat> yeah. They're also more expensive to uh, to launch. No, it's about, what, 800 bucks to uh, 2000 Yeah, that was not a cheap launch. <clears throat> that balloon, uh, that was probably a $100 balloon. We had three cameras, uh, a commercial GPS in it, and a, and a, and a ham uh, tracker. Plus the the jet the aviation fuel for the plane. Oh yeah, we had a plane. Yeah, <clears throat> we had a plane. I watched a, a video recently of another uh, weather balloon, and they had to call the sheriff in order to get into this guy's property in order to retrieve the balloon. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you have to go through that as well? No, it landed in somebody's backyard. We uh, we were yelling for the people, anybody home, and we uh, we uh, actually went out and uh, uh, she finally came to the door. 
She happened to be in a bikini. She was at the swimming pool. Well, and I mean, let's face it. Are you going to open the door when you have a bunch of crazy people outside wanting to get in your backyard to look she was at, a at the pool? She was at the pool, and I guess you got four or five guys walking around in the backyard yelling, hello, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody home? Yeah. Oh, man. Lucky she didn't shoot you. Yeah, I know it. Her husband was a pilot. And but he had gone somewhere to the store and says, "Oh man, I wish my husband was here." He would, oh, he'd that would have been cool. He would have loved to see this, you know. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, and I mean, it was close enough to me that I could actually hear the whole chase process <clears throat> on Simplex. Yeah, but I guess that was probably about oh, maybe fifteen miles east of me. All right, well, let me just make another announcement here really quick since we're coming close to the end of our shortwave show here. Hey, guys, if you're out there listening on shortwave on WBCQ 7490, we're glad you're with us tonight. This show's been about ham radio, uh, amateur radio. We've been launching balloons that go around the world. Uh, A lot of fun. And uh, you may be listening out there on our shortwave radio. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you're listening to the show right now on uh, WBCQ, let me just let you know you can watch us at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesdays at w5kub.com. You can join us there. Love to have you. If there's any late people there, please hit that subscribe button. There it is right there. I'm giving you a hint. I'm going to give you a hint where it is. It's right right over there somewhere. That should be pointing close to it. Please click that subscribe button. Join our Facebook group. Um, 13,000 hams in our Facebook group. You can find it easily just by going to W5KUB on Facebook, and you'll uh, you'll find it there. All right, we've got uh, maybe about, we've got a little over 10 minutes before our shortwave show ends on WBCQ. So, what else is going on, guys? Uh, the chat room got kind of quiet. I, I don't see a lot of things going on in the chat room. I don't know what's going on here. Why is everybody so yeah. quiet tonight? Because <laughs> I'm tired and I'm going to be tireder this week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had to give both of these demons a bath. Oh, man. Bill, you would have paid to watch Rodan get her bath. No, I don't think so, because that that house probably would have had five inches of water on the floor. It it did. (laughs) there, There was no doubt she put about five inches of water on the kitchen floor. It's kind of like giving an angry boa constrictor a bath. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she didn't bite she didn't claw but she did everything else i'm sure she was swearing oh yes (laughs) she she hates her bath it's funny they both hate the bath and then once the bath is over they're like yo dude we know you got some treats come on bring them and it's all forgiven and done and over with is she still there, or did she leave? She left. She got bored and tired. Yes, it's, it's this is summer. Went to this visit is, her sister in the other room. 
Yeah, this this is the time of year. It's just so warm outside during the day. They sleep all day, and at night they're like, "We're ready to go to bed at eight o'clock." You know, the only reason she was here is because she knows that tonight's the the web. Yeah, and this is supposed to be their last show. <clears throat> supposed to be. Supposed we know how that goes. You know, it's it's one of those. You say it's going to be their last show, and then they keep winning and winning and winning, and then you're like. Hmm, maybe I'll just keep going to shows. There he is. There he is. Hello, Bill. We have had Mr. World Famous High Altitude Balloon Guy just join us when he could have been with us the whole show. I might give him a demerit or two. Uh, What it was, that balloon video drew him out. Maybe, maybe it did. I don't know. Don't know. I get personal credit. All right, all right. We'll give you credit. (laughs) We'll give you a little credit. Called Just in Time. Yeah. Well, so tonight, Bill, are you going to be up at the K four BFT site this weekend? Going to be at the W four CQD. Okay, that's right. You're going to be at Athens. At the Athens State University, uh, we're launching two uh, two Pico balloons as part of Field Day. And if I have time, I'm going to swing by K four Big Fat Turkey, as we call it, at yeah, Huntsville. I may swing by there Saturday night. It all depends on how tired we are. Well, they've got great food, so oh yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, don't be too late. And well, I'm maybe, just, I'm just, you know, a mile or so away. I should drive down for the food, man. Yeah, well, they, at my place, they're doing steak dinners, fifteen bucks a pop. Oh, whoa, whoa, where's this? Well, you mean, uh, you it, mean it will be at the Topsfield Fairground Wait a minute. in Topsfield, yeah. Massachusetts. We're all going me, to the wrong me, events this you, weekend, man. Are you That's all there me, is to it. We need to go to Massachusetts. Uh, hey, hey, wait a minute. Wait, Bill, are you telling me you guys charge for food up there? We give it away down here. I, uh, oh, you want to know something? This is not my deal. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm doing the I'm doing the <clears> testing <throat> at noontime. Okay, from twelve yeah. to two. Okay, and they said, "Well, why don't you hang around? We'll, we'll feed you." And I go, "Okay." And they said, "Well, steak dinner is fifteen bucks a person." I why said, don't you? Why I pay fifteen them. bucks a pop for a steak dinner. I'm on my way. The heck yeah. with the cat show. Huh. <laughs> well, I used to go to the Nashua uh, uh, Field Day event, and they actually brought out an actual kitchen stove, not a, not a, you know, <clears throat> not a barbecue, but the actual stove. And an actual refrigerator and ran it, everything off mm. the generator. And they had like uh, 21 stations uh, operating. Oh, yeah. It was a big, big <clears throat> deal. What year was that, Bill? Oh, that was back in the 90s. Uh, yeah. the one, one radio club is doing, doing just Saturday from noon to, I think it's like... Uh, 7.30, okay, because they said they want to be off the hill by 8 o'clock when it gets dark. All oh, right. Man. Oh, yeah. They're not going to. And, of course, on Sunday morning, I have another test session for the for the other radio club group, okay? I plan on getting there at 6 a.m. so I can do a little bit of operating before the test session. And then when the test session's over, I want to go back on the air and, and, and do a little more. <laughs> And I guess, you know, call me strange, but I like doing the overnight shift because that way I don't have to give the radio up. 
you've got cool breezes and they have to deal you know not as many thunderstorms so i like them overnight shift press yeah. propagation is great yeah it's usually band. me and a logger and we rotate on and off there's nothing like the uh, 40 and uh 80 meters at night oh yeah when 40 opens up at night man that is just so much fun all right well since bill's here bill you got to give us a report how do you think uh, 112's doing? Uh, it's doing great. It's come back to America. <laughs> yeah, it may come back it, to the, may come back to the launch site. I don't know. Well, it, it found it, its it way worked. across the border. <clears throat> it's it already across the border. Way. Yeah, it's already across. It's the border. in New Mexico now, and uh, it's a slow ride at that altitude, but it's doing fantastic. You went clear down to the southern part of Mexico and all the way yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, nice little uh, trip there, uh, seeing the sights, and uh, uh, we had a, a university flight uh, last night. Uh, it was automated. It was supposed to go up to two thousand feet and float. Instead, it went up to eight hundred feet and floated, which was twenty feet above average terrain. Yeah, and uh, they chased it for five miles and somehow managed to avoid trees, floating just twenty feet off the ground. And they kept jumping up in the air trying to grab it, and oh, they would miss it by a couple feet. <laughs> oh, boy. They finally hit a tree, and they got it back. Yeah. But it had an actual uh, it, a valve to release the helium gas and uh, a little water bottle to go back up. So they, they programmed in different flight levels. Yeah. But for some reason, it decided instead of 2,000 feet, it went to 800 but it automatically launched itself off the building. It just sat there, and then they uh, dropped water, and off it went. Well, that's cool, man. That's it was all automated. And they've had a – you might be familiar with this, uh, Glenn. Is the Teensy, is that the processor you were talking about? Yeah, the, well, there's multiple versions. The Teensy 4.1 is the monster. It's a 600 megahertz Arduino. That's what they uh, were flying. and. Wow. Uh, but it draws some current, does it not, at that speed? Oh, yeah. It's a pretty hefty processor. They're, they had to drop the processor speed because it was overheating their uh, regulator. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there are probably better choices because 600 megahertz I can't see being needed for something like that. Oh, no, definitely not. They dropped it down to like 48 megs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would, you know, something like but, that. Uh, they were overheating their regulator. It was so hot you couldn't even touch it and... So they dropped the processor speed, and then it was finally cooled. Yeah, I'd have said something like the STM, the blue pill, something like that would have been just fine. Yeah. A lot cheaper, too. But, you know, the Teensy is a powerful thing. It's like 26-something bucks. That's pretty amazing for what you get to, for $26. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Kind of speed, that's amazing. Well, some folks up at Dayton over in the QRP Archie group had a a complete SDR built around the uh, the Teensy. And, in fact, it was in last month's uh, CQ magazine. They had a little sidebar on it. Now, who makes the Teensy? Uh, PJRC. Don't ask me what the acronym means. Peanut but they make the whole... Jam. Do what? Peanut butter and jam. BJ. Yeah, there you go. It looked to be about the size of the old basic stamp, or a little smaller. Yeah, it yeah, it is. I've got one here, but yeah, it's about, you know, about two and a half inches by 
three quarters of an inch. It was amazing what you can pack into that. Oh, yeah. I mean, 600 megahertz with all of the memory and stuff it's got, it's quite a, a, a horse. And uh, that radio I was talking about, it's actually a, a software-defined radio. So, I mean, it's, you know, that's that's pretty powerful for an Arduino. So, uh, after you go to the cat show, are you going to bring uh, Rodan and Godzilla over to the K4 BFT ham, uh, field day? Are you kidding? That'd be a mistake in half. <laughs> yeah. They saw if they saw all those radios and antennas there, don't turn your back because the truck could be full of somebody else's radios and antennas. <laughs> I mean, she's log done claim from the ground, you know. There <laughs> wouldn't be any log books. <laughs> she's done claim the new Yesu rig is hers. You know, I'm lucky to be able to touch a knob on it. That's an expensive heater, but uh, yeah, it's hers. It's so funny. I've got that, and I put it on the desk here to unpack it and everything. Within five minutes, she was laying on top of it. Wait a minute. I think I got a. I think I got a clip here, Rodan. Let's see. Yeah, here we go. Here, here we go. So you're saying I can ask this cat any question? The cat is connected to the computer. Just type in the question. It will read his mind. You're the man! I've been looking for this for weeks. I keep saying I'm gonna do that with her one day. She would probably so you're saying I can ask this Illumina cat any coil. question. Guys, we've got one minute till sign off time. One minute. Let me see on the squares, KUB squares. Did you guys make square? I, I didn't do this video, but did you guys make the squares? Let's see. Okay. I mean, that's still pretty cool. There we go. All right, all right. Hey, Bill. Well, uh, you'll enjoy the uh, Huntsville uh, field day site. They usually have seven stations and a go-to station, and uh, uh, it's and a great cookout in the afternoon, evening. So if you get back. Yeah, it all depends on, on how hot and how tired I am. I may just hit that hotel room and stay there with them. Yeah, it's supposed to go. be a hundred something degrees this weekend. Oh Lord! Yeah, and a little humidity mixed into that. Yeah, it's it's like an oven. 
What the, yeah. wh- what's the temperature going to be when it's uh, the Huntsville Ham Fest? Um, it usually mm-hmm. runs in the 90s in, in August. It'll be cool inside. You know, so it'll be cooler, but since the whole thing is air-conditioned, who cares how <clears throat> hot it is outside? Well, it depends if you're staying at the embassy or if you're staying somewhere else. Oh, yeah, well, if you're staying somewhere else, you're only going to be outside long enough to get inside. Yeah, it was about a 10-minute walk there from Gallatin Street there. I mean, worse comes to worse, I'll park in the parking deck, and it's just across the street, you know, five-minute walk. Is this how you get to your ham shack from no, one end of the house our, to the other? I, this is field day antenna just put up. Oh. This is our field day antenna. I'm fixing to check it out here. It's got a little... I was gonna say, There's the WB4 ELK on the air there. Yeah. Got a, it's got a little uh, droop down in the center there. Uh, I'm going to plot out there and check it out. Yeah. Way below to the first. <laughs> uh, I'm about ready to take off there since he hooks a little more scrap up. But now, now we go, we're on the antenna. There we go. Yeah, this that, is how you tune a 160 meter long wire. 50,000 watts on that antenna right there. I mean, it's nice to be doing the Yeah, here we go. I like my welding glove. There should be no friction there. Yeah, I have to use those to stop. Yeah. Yep. That is the brakes. Welding. You'd have to give me a bigger paycheck for me to do that. Hey, they got one over there that goes 60 miles an hour. It's, it's I'll a pass. really long, man. It, it'll go 60 miles an hour. Hey, can you load that up for field day, the zip lines? Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to load that sucker up right there. Yeah, that'll, you know, that'll, that'll work real good for 80. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, guys, hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in to the After the Show show tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you, everybody in the chat room. We'll see you next week, man. Don't Thank you. Come back. Yeah, and get out there and do some radio stuff this weekend there, JM. Uh, I'm not sure where in the Brooklyn area that they're doing it, but if you know any hands, maybe they will be more than glad to uh, assist you in uh, either taking you there or telling you where it is. And you can go to the awrl.org website, and they will have a list of all the field day locations. I know where they're going to do it. Uh, okay, I went to the club. I visited the club. Uh, it's in Yonkers. I live in the Bronx. The closest club is Yonkers. I was just thinking. I wanted to ask you: Would you recommend like uh, what snacks do usually ham radio guys usually prefer? Because they said bring your own, bring snacks, and I thought. I don't know with these guys, you know. Oh, some Slim Jams, maybe a couple of bags of chips, uh, no, 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 a, a block of donuts, a, a block of Diet Coke. No. I mean, you know, hey, bring, yeah. uh, bring donuts, bring donuts. Yeah, you can't go wrong donuts. with chips and soda, yeah. candy bars. I don't know if it's cigarettes or cotton candy. You know, yeah. <laughs> I look forward. I, I look forward. Also, I just checked the weather, which it was a very good call. It's going to be between sixty-five and eighty-five. Oh, perfect. Wow. All right. That's well, hey, beautiful. hey, J- JM, what's your first name? Jairo. It's Jairo. like, Jairo? it's like, yes. Okay. Like Cairo with, but with a J. Okay. So I, I want to see you again next week. We want to keep following up on your progress. Okay. 
Thank you. Now, one of the things I always brought to field day was a big bag of the, the peanut M&Ms. Oh, I could eat all those, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he had to look at Kathy because he, he she knew me. it. <laughs> I had to drink a Diet Coke with him, but, you know, hey, you take a Diet Coke and M&Ms, they cancel each other yeah, out. So. Yeah, they cancel each other out. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> He's got positive calories and negative calories and... Just don't eat, mento, don't eat Mentos and then follow it with soda. That might be a bad idea. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, so. it won't be too bad of an idea if you're trying to reach 109,000 feet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. We'll see you. Yeah, we'll uh, Tom, I'll try and take a couple of pictures for uh, our field day site. All and right. Send them take to them you. and we'll show them on here next week if you take some. All right, but. Hey, Bill, are you there? Seven y'all. It's still there, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Bill, I, I see you know. I, I mean, I've tried different glues on that balloon, man. Nothing wants to stick to it. Really? Yeah, I mean, that two-part that two part glue I've got, uh, I sent you the picture of it. Uh, it's not It's not super glue. It's Loctite something. Two-part. Two that's right. that, that's That sticks better than anything. You put that activator on there. It comes like in a little pin with a little felt tip. You put that activator on there, and then you put the uh, the glue in here, and it, it will stick it together. But you can pull it apart. But it holds better than anything. What did you use on this most recent flight on 112? I think I used that glue, and I just folded it and taped it up with Kapton tape or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well... That's certainly doing good. Uh, hey, I found some more four gore balloons. Buck a piece, man. Thirty-six inch instead of thirty-two. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I ordered a few of them to see what they are. They got a great big old filler uh, thing that hangs under them. Huh. I think you can even tighten a knot. You know, I don't know. I, I it's going to be amazing. I, I got to see what they look like. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We'll have to do a pressure test. Yeah. But we're doing hey, hey, two, hey, glued, uh, an APRS one and a Whisper one uh, at Athens State uh, University. I've had this balloon filled up out there in the shop now for about two weeks, and it is tight. It hadn't lost any. I don't. I'm just using. Oh. I'm just using the internal sealer, and it's it's not losing anything. That's and, good. And that thing impressive. Feels, that material, you know, that balloon feels so fragile when it's not blown up, but. Well, that thing blown up, it feels tough. I bet you I could kick that really hard with my foot and it wouldn't hurt it. I mean, that thing is tough. I've been Beach heating ball. I've been heating it with the uh, air dryer. It won't stretch. I can't stretch this more than about 106. So it's not but you got out. this one, the, the 112, you got to stretch out. Well, I think it went up pretty pretty, hard, pretty far, and that concerned me. I think. I think... One of them got up to around 116. Uh, you probably you probably had one that was cut a little different. Yeah, I think it was a different balloon because this one's not doing it, man. This this one just will not. I don't care if I heat it. Hey, and this this material's pretty tough. I, instead of a hairdryer, I took out one of those Black and Decker heat guns. You know that you oh, man. that you melt uh, frozen pipes with. Yeah. And man, I put that on there, and I mean, I can burn a hole through it, but it it don't that it doesn't affect it much and it and I ran that heat up and down that seam you know that seam's only like a fourth of a millimeter man 
I ran it up and down, and that seam didn't fail. That seam is strong. Yeah, they have got a good good sealing process there. Yeah. Well, well anyway, the spreadsheet says, even at 105, 106, the spreadsheet says 52.8 or something. 52, what did the spreadsheet say for this flash fly? Uh, well, it says something like 57,000 or something. Remember, and you, you and I talked about it, and we figured we, we'd probably get 46. Yeah, and you did 50, 51, yeah, so 50, that's 50, pretty impressive. 51, so, uh, yeah, I think it was just a bad balloon that's up there. I don't know if we can get some more bad ones or not, you know. <laughs> Maybe we can. Yeah. Well. A bad boy balloon. <laughs> yeah. I noticed there's something there, uh, 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 it was it K... AB5, BB or BS or somebody. He's flying one. He's flying at about between fifty and fifty-one thousand. So it looks like who's that? Who is that? I, uh, who did you see that? Uh, it, it was on the Pico Group. A, AB5, BB or I didn't BS. see that one. Uh, he's flying one. It's flying right about the same as this one. So. Really? It sounds like it looks like to me that these balloons are going to fly. That's that's the altitude for them and. I was just thinking, if you want to go faster, we're going to have to choke them up a little bit, you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, or you mean, uh, I don't see it. Uh, uh, a KB1 KBR. No, he's a five. He's a five down in Texas. He, he posted something. Oh, like, AB5? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. BB or SS. SS, yeah. Yeah, where is he at? He's in Texas. He's I know, but where is his balloon right now? He had uh, he had several. I I know him. He's yeah. in the South Texas balloon group. Yeah, but he he his Yokohama's flying at about fifty fifty one. Well, I don't see him today. Uh, let me go back a few days here. <clears throat> Maybe it didn't make it today. Well, I think I'm going to try a 10 meter balloon uh, for field day and an APR. That'd, that'd probably work. Probably It'll be a W4CQD. And a trivia question uh, What does CQD mean? Isn't that the SOS in the Titanic era days before they went That's to right. SOS? It's CQ uh, distress, I think, is or disaster in that case. But yeah, that's exactly right. Well, that's their club call sign for Athens State. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I thought that was pretty cute. So you'll see W4CQD flying. What have I got up on the screen here? Yeah, I kind of hate that I'm going to miss field day. I mean, it's. It's kind of like, you know, growing up with kids and having to take them to soccer tournaments and stuff. And so you so when the... did you get off from the cat show? Um, usually about 5 o'clock or thereabouts on Saturday. Yeah. And then, um, oh, gee. Um. 
Sunday we get out about two, but that's just a straight drive home. Well, what is this whiteboard I've got up, and how do I get it off? Exit full screen. Exit full screen. Yeah, Tim apparently is sharing his screen oh, is that with Tim? you. I mean, is that? I thought it's something like I did, or I thought Bill did. Yeah, I turned around and saw that, and I'm like, "Oops!" And then I saw that it was from Tim sharing his screen with us. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, that's kind of neat to be able to share screen like that, uh, or not not share screen. I mean, kind of like a whiteboard. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that little button is. I don't see that uh, AB five or W five station you were talking about, Tom, on the current list. But even back three days, I don't see it. Huh. Oh, there it is. AB5SS-91. Okay. And yeah, he's at 49,000 feet. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, over uh, Nebraska right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see him now. Yeah, I'll, I've got his email address. I'll uh, have to ask him what he's, what he's doing with that one. He's building his own payloads. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I think this is something maybe Tim Tim opened. You said I I can't tell. He's got my initials up here. Tom Medlin, editor, and Tim Conway. I'm trying to figure out how to close this, but I can't figure it out. Oh, you just oh, scroll all the way up to the top and then click your view options, and then you should be able to close the view. Standard full screen, view full screen, maybe? No. I didn't do it. So, Tom, where are you going for field day? <clears throat> I'll probably just visit Memphis here. It's just down the street for me. Okay. All right. Oh, Glenn, we might see you at uh, Huntsville. That's about the time I'd be there. It's about four or five. It all depends on A, how hot it is, and B, how tired I am. Because normally after a day of this, all I want to do is get to the hotel room and crash. Well, normally, uh, for field day, we usually have a gigantic thunderstorm in the afternoon. Yeah. On one of the two days. Or Plus, if it's 100 degrees, I'm really not going to want to stand out outside. But it's uh, right, off, right outside the... Uh, the hotel there and uh, they do have a good they have a pretty good food uh, uh, oh, setup. Yeah. yeah I drive past it every year um, the nice thing is they got uh, some of their uh, some of their uh, RVs and campers are uh, their uh, air conditioned yeah because I'm right there at the La Quinta just up the road from there okay uh, can't remember the name of the street, but um, it's literally about it's it's the exit about a mile before the Drury or two miles before thereabouts. Gotcha. And uh, the Quintas where the where all the cat people are staying. That hotel would just be full of meowing things. A lot of fur. Oh, it's Disney World to my guys. They hate the drive over. They both get car sick. So they just hate the drive over, and then as soon as they get to that hotel room, they are literally bouncing from bed to bed the whole night. Now they, I, they love uh, double beds. 
my cat hated to drive and uh, ride in a car and just going a mile to the vet, uh, you know, it was like a, it was basically like an ambulance siren going off. Well, with mine, it's just, they, you know, they, she starts drooling, you know, foaming at the mouth almost. My cat would just, just, just howl. And then after about a half hour or so, they both settle down and just tolerate the ride. But as soon as the car stops. Put their cat uh, in the passenger seat and it would prop up and look out the window just like a dog. Oh, yeah. The one I showed back in the 80s, you know, she just thought flying and driving was the coolest thing. And she'd always, you know, be sitting either in the seat next to me or whatever. And somebody would be pulling up past us on the the interstate and she'd stick her head out the window and stretch out as far as she could.